fear is usually from our own flesh or devils sending thoughts to disturb us. In the Bible, we read God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's devils that gives us a spirit of fear. You may have a long time habit of taking in fear. And if you're like that, it can become a stronghold in your life. My mother was fearful about almost everything. My dad was optimistic about everything. My aunt was optimistic about everything, and her daughter was fearful, the most fearful person I have ever met. When you see someone who is extremely fearful, for some reason, they've built up a wall of fear. If we take a scripture such as, God has not given us a spirit of fear, and meditate on that and keep it before us day and night, we can remove some of the bricks in that wall of fear in our life. That scripture is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Where does fear come from? Very often, when I watch television news, there will just be one story after another which promotes fear. I'm amazed at how many stories there are that do this. There's a scripture and it says, be not entangled with this world. That scripture has helped me a great deal recently to cut back on my desire to watch so much news, world news. There is a curiosity and a habit that we form on this subject. We eat our dinner at five. We watch the evening news. Then we look for something to watch on television, never realizing we are taking in many fearful things. One time I was just bombarded with fear. What will happen to you if you can't walk? You can't live here. You'll have to go to assisted living and live if you can't walk. What will happen to you then? Where will you go? It was just Boom, 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 boom. I cried out, God, help me. And immediately I was reminded of a scripture. God will provide all your needs. 
I relaxed and I said, oh yeah, God will provide all my needs. Devils will try to torment us with what might happen in the future. God will provide all our needs. So if we believe God will provide all our needs, how can the devil get in to torment us with what might happen in the future? We keep before our face the scripture so that we will have the power to believe the scripture rather than what our own flesh says to us or what devils say to us. Just keep that scripture in front of you that pertains to the subject, the promise of God. Paul says, my God will provide all your needs through Christ Jesus, the Word. Don't we relax when we hear that? The devil will try to torment us. The flesh will torment us. But it is the Spirit of God that settles us in things that are really true because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth. The devil is a liar and there is no truth in him. John chapter 8, verse 44. Jesus was speaking to unbelievers and he said, Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. The devil brings thoughts to our mind to steal, to kill, to destroy. And if we take in those thoughts and believe them, he can do just exactly that. As a roaring lion, he walks about seeking those whom he may devour, looking for prey. And he spots you and says, Ah, oh, that one's a little weak in faith today. That one's a little tired. That one's been doing so many things. I can reach her. So he'll send a thought to your mind. Such and such is going to happen. Oh, oh, what if that happens? See, when we're overly tired, we are definitely weakened. Often we try to do too many things. This heaven and earth is going to pass away. It's going to be destroyed by God with fire. All those things that we get wrapped up in and entangled in will be gone. We will be taken to the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness when we believe in God. 
In the meantime, we have to really stay alert. Be alert. When you are troubled over anything, stop immediately, turn to God with the problem. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The devil is a liar. Your flesh is always subject to trouble when you allow it to take over. But we control our flesh by the spirit that God has given us, which is the spirit of truth. So we learn these things as we go along. We learn to take every thought captive, to bring it into the obedience of Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Let's start at verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ the Word. We learn to do this as Christians. We learn to take thoughts captive, to bring them to the obedience of Christ. Taking a scripture such as, My God shall supply all your need. Philippians 4, 19. So the devil says to you, What will happen if you can't walk? You can't live here. You'll have to move. Where will you go? God will supply all my need. Therefore, if it happened that I couldn't walk, God would have another place for me to live or another way for me to live here. Temporary home health care might be one way. God will bring it to your mind to help you, and it's the Holy Spirit who brings it to your mind who is the Spirit of truth. So we learn to put our faith in God by turning to God and simply ask Him for help. Help me. What about this? What about this thought? What about this thing? What about this that they said? That might happen. So many fears come from what humans say. I don't think God leads us by fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I have had times that God has warned me not to go a certain direction. 
Lot experienced that at Sodom when the angels came to take him out of Sodom. And they said, flee to the mountain, for God has sent us to destroy Sodom because of their wickedness. And Lot said, oh, no, my Lord, I can't flee to the mountain. Something bad could happen to be there. An animal could eat me or something. God could send an angel to literally pull us out of a danger. He did with Lot. He sent two angels, and they just grabbed the hands of Lot and his wife and his two daughters and pulled them out of Sodom because they said, we can't destroy Sodom as long as you're here, and God sent us to destroy Sodom because of the wickedness. Basically, it was homosexuals. They were in every part of the city of Sodom. And when they saw the two men come to Lot's house, they wanted to have sex with those men. So it said they came from every quarter of the city of Sodom. And Lot said to them, Oh no, my lords, do not so wickedly. He knew it was wicked. Well, they didn't know these were angels. Angels do not have wings as people portray in artworks. And as many churches teach, they have little statues with wings around. Angels don't have wings. They look like natural men. There's a scripture in the New Testament which says, Be not fearful to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some of you have entertained angels unaware. I believe that's in Hebrews. Angels look just like natural men. So correct yourself if you think they have wings. They do not. If God wants to reach us and warn us, he can do it many ways, a dream. I've had dreams where he has warned me to make a change in the direction that I have been going that it won't work anymore, and that I will be in danger if I continue to go that direction. Well, I simply made a change when I had a dream like that. But these thoughts that cause us so much disturbance, often they are simply because of something we read, something we saw on television, and we fail to pray about it. When Russia attacked Ukraine, immediately I was afraid we would have a war. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and reminded me of a scripture in Matthew 24. Jesus said, There will be wars and rumors of wars. Let not your heart be troubled. And I said, oh, yeah. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, settled me with that scripture. So I agreed and placed my faith in God to lead me. When they spoke of the national debt in the United States and what it might do, 
that there might be cuts in Social Security, that there might be reduction in medical benefits. The Holy Spirit reminded me of the following scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. We can't put our trust in the provisions of government of men because it can change. But we put our trust in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. I have found that before there is a need, God will begin to bring me thoughts to do such and such, and that often takes care of the need. So many times God has done that so that when the situation changes, I'm already have made a change in my life and have taken care of the situation. So I don't have a need, though things around me have changed. This is very often the way God leads me. I think if we trust in the provision of men, we're in danger. Our trust must be in the living God. So we take each fear to God in prayer. 2 Timothy 1.7 We repeat, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, So if we have a fear, where is that fear from? We have to learn to live in these scriptures. God has not given us a spirit of fear. We've taken fear in from man, usually, from something other people have said. God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if you start to feel your mind going crazy and you belong to God, try to stop and just say, no, God has given me a sound mind. That is the devil trying to destroy me. And usually I just say, God, please help me. In each case of fear, doubt, trouble, we must pray to God. I really don't say, oh, that'll never happen to me. That's dependent on yourself. I would rather say, God, please help me. What about this situation? Is there anything I need to do in this situation? Please settle me and show me if there's something I need to do. If you hear nothing, there is nothing. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Paul says, be careful for nothing. But in everything, instead of being careful, turn to God in prayer. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, 
With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Don't forget the thanksgiving. Sometimes you're just a little bit down in spirit. If you will just start telling God, thanking him for what you do have. If you have a family, thank him for your family. If you have a home that you're living in, food, provision, thank him for that provision. Think of the things that you can be thankful for. The devil will try to destroy you by making you discontent. It is up to you to turn your life around by focusing on that which God has given you and be thankful for that which God has given you one step at a time, one point at a time. Look at Isaiah chapter 26, start at verse 3. We'll be looking at verses 3 and 4. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. If you look when you're troubled at what troubles you, you'll find somehow or other there's a trust in man rather than a trust in God. You can turn that fear around when you trust in God, in the Word of God. My God will supply all my need. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. There's a scripture that says the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's the joy of the Word of God. The Lord is the Word. The joy of the Word is our strength. So, of course, the devil wants to pull us away from rejoicing in what God has said. Because if he can pull us away and get us to focus on the negative, he can destroy us. In the end times, Paul said perilous times will come. Jesus said that things will get bad in the end times. And because of the iniquity that's around us, the love of many will wax cold. And I think that means the love of many for the Word of God will wax cold because of the iniquity around us. So we fight, fighting the good fight of faith. And then Jesus says, but he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. So it's up to us to fight. We can't just give in to devils when they discourage us, when they bring discouragement, when they bring fear. We have to fight with truth. 
about the situation, and truth comes from God. God says, I will never fail thee nor forsake thee. Joshua 1.8 and Hebrews 13.5. It's a promise of God. Focus on that. Focus on something true. The Word of God in the Holy Bible is true and powerful. And you can turn your life around instantly by doing the Word of God. By getting the facts straight. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So that can't be from God. But of power and of love and a sound mind. And I have a sound mind because I belong to God. God help me. See, things like that. Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, Having therefore these promises of God, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Peter said, Second Peter 1, verses 2 through 4, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God, experience with God, believing the word of God. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, the word. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Which promises of God do you trust in? What do you have in you that you have experienced and you know to be true? Which promises of God? Be specific. What are you living in? List some of these promises which cause you to have peace in times of trouble and fear. One of the first promises of God that I am sure I trusted in was Isaiah 54:17. No weapon that is formed against thee will prosper. And every tongue that will rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. As a new Christian, I owned a business in Dallas, Texas, American Indian Arts. 
One day a little man, short fat man, came into my store and I noticed him because he was wearing a suit and tie and on his tie clasp was a pair of handcuffs. He handed me a paper and said, Little lady, do you know Mr. Cutter? And I said, No, I don't. And he said, Well, he knows you. He's suing you for a million dollars. And I was just shocked. First, I hired a lawyer, but then the bills from the lawyer were eating up all my money from the business. And I would be back in debt if I continued that direction. I saw this scripture in Isaiah. No weapon that is formed against thee will prosper. I'm a member of the body of Christ. Now, I'm born again, recently, in 1975. So this weapon, this lawsuit, is foolishness. It can't prosper, was my reasoning. And the problem is my own attorneys is eating up all my money. What will I do? And I decided to go to court without any human legal counsel. When I told my lawyer this, he said, Oh, Joan, you can't do this. You don't realize how evil the courts are today. He said, Well, we're willing to work with you at the law firm. Why? It'll only take about $10,000 more to try the case. And I said, $10,000 more? Stop. Don't do anything else, Gordon. Don't make any phone calls. Don't write any papers. Don't do anything. And I, at that point, dismissed the attorney. A couple of weeks later, Gordon came in and said, Joan, we've decided to try your case without any further expense to you for free. What is going on, I thought. One week it was going to cost $10,000 more Today, it's going to be for free. I didn't hear Gordon mention God in this plan. What's going on? So I prayed, and God reminded me of a scripture, Genesis 14. The king of Sodom came to Abraham and said, Take the goods and give me the people. And Abram said, I have lifted up my hand to God that I will not even take a string to a shoelace from you lest you would say I have made Abram rich. I knew God was telling me turn that legal service down. So I did. Six days before we were to go to trial, this man's lawyer called me and he said, I'm calling you because you don't have a lawyer. He said, my client dropped all charges. And I said, just against me or against everybody? Because he was suing several dealers in American Indian arts, claiming that we were conspiring to keep him from doing business in Dallas. And the lawyer said, no, he cut everybody loose. That's another thing I've learned so often is wherever we go, we are a blessing to other people because we follow God. 
and they see something and they have an experience they've never experienced before, in many cases. Because we don't do things the way the world does them. No weapon formed against you will prosper. At one point, I had told Gordon, my lawyer, either the Bible is true and has power in it for us today, or it's a history book about God. If it is a history book about God, I don't want any more to do with the Bible. And this is a good time to find out over this lawsuit. Well, there is power in the Bible for us today through God, through the Holy Spirit. And when we believe and follow him, there's great power. Thank you for allowing me to share with you today.